Hey, Carlsbad. Thanks for joining us on our Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact podcast. For the month of July, we're doing something a little bit different. We're actually taking a retroactive look on our top five episodes that we've released over these first two years of podcasting. Hard to believe it's been two years already, but these episodes have been our top producers, so we thought we'd re-release them and share them with you, our audience. And we will be back in August with brand new content, so we hope you enjoy. The Power of Experiences in Legoland, California, with Kurt Stocks. This is Episode 1, Carlsbad, People, Purpose, and Impact, an essential podcast for those who live, work, visit, and play in Carlsbad. Welcome, everybody, to our Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact podcast. My name is Brett Schonsenbach. I'm the president and CEO of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce, and I'm your host today. I'm very pleased to have with me Kurt Stocks, the president of Legoland California. Good morning, Kurt. Good morning, Brett. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, we should probably start with the obvious thing right off the bat. You have this super cool accent, which tells everybody uh, you probably didn't grow up here. No, no, but uh, where I grew up is is not entirely dissimilar to, to Southern California, and I, I do I do sort of feel a little at home here, although it's very much removed from Australia. So, so I am Australian. Uh, I grew up just north of Sydney. Actually, though, um, before coming to Carlsbad, we were 10 years in Asia. So um, I've had a bit of a detour from, from Australia to, uh, to Southern California. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. So world traveler. And, uh, you know, and during that time of going from Australia to Asia to Carlsbad, somewhere along the line, you got connected to this magical thing we all call Lego and Lego land and through Merlin Entertainment. How did you first get started into this world of Lego? Yeah. Look, it wasn't intentional. It was not necessarily something I I went after. I've, I've never had a career that was ever leading me towards leading theme parks and hotels and aquariums and water parks. I started my career in the health and fitness industry. I used to work for a company called Fitness First Health Clubs out of Australia. And at one point, they were the biggest privately owned health club uh, across the globe. Um, sort of a, a product comparison is something similar to, to the Equinox uh, product that you have here in the in the US. But it was actually my first job after studying and eventually I got an opportunity in the business in Australia to go to Asia. And that's what took me to Asia. And I had six or so years in the business in Malaysia. And for whatever reason, we were in the process of, of almost exiting because our business was was selling and it was a good time for us to potentially exit Asia. We'd been there for six years. We only went for two. And, um, and then all of a sudden, this opportunity popped up for Legoland Resort in Malaysia. And I had some people call me from the UK and it took a lot of discussion. It was uh, my first response was, no, that's not for me. Thanks for the call. So on. And they persisted. And, um, and, and quite honestly, uh, the more I understood about not only the business, but the Merlin Entertainments Group, taking my eldest son, who was only three at the time, to the resort in Malaysia, we just had a blast. And I said, I've got to be a part of this. And, then, uh, and, and that's how I got into the industry. And that was only sort of five years ago now. Wow. Yeah. That, that's, that's quite a ride. So, so it was really your three-year-old that got you into the business, if we're just honest. Well, cut it to, it, cut to it was. And, yeah. I, and I still tell the team locally here in California, never forget how powerful our experiences can be because it, it, was, it was. It was my experience on that day with the staff in Malaysia, the interactions with my son. I said, I've got to be a part of this. 
That's awesome. That's funny. So I, I know I've, I've shared with you before and I was sharing uh, recently with some of the other staff at Legoland. I have four boys yep. and uh, now all four of them, because my, my youngest is now employed yep. at the park here in Carlsbad, but they've all had a time yep. of working there. But before that, they all had a passion with Lego, yep. with the building blocks and stuff. And so what's funny is um, because a lot of our friends, you know, they know we have four boys yep. and a big family and <laughs> So anytime somebody's clearing out their yep. stuff, quote yep. unquote, some big garbage bag or bin full of Legos arrives yep. on our front yep. door and they're like, hey, we thought you guys could use these. And so we just have this mounting, yep. mounting, mounting quantity of Lego. <laughs> it happened again during quarantine. Uh, somebody dropped off a garbage bag full of Lego. But what's interesting, because going back to the, the eyes of the child, my youngest son, who's a, a junior in high school, he actually used a lot of his time in quarantine. He, mm. he developed this whole world mm. out of his own head, yep. out of Lego. And it was actually something that helped him during yep. quarantine, to be honest. So yeah, yep. the, the, the Lego world is powerful for the young, the young folk. Absolutely. So that's, that's so cool that it yeah. was three years, three-year-old partially that got you there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when you started there in Malaysia, yeah. um, what was your immediate, what was your first role? Were you the director of the whole park at that time or? Yeah. So I, I went in, in, the, in a, in a very similar role, albeit on a very different scale, um, California versus, versus Malaysia. But, you know, I went in there as, as, as the general manager or general manager equivalent. So we had a theme park, a water park and one hotel there. It was a relatively new resort. Uh, I think it was at the time it was, it was four or five years old. But yeah, it was it was a real eye opener. Not just theme parks, but being in leadership position across a, a hotel, and you know, I was I was sort of thrust into a world that I I probably didn't really expect. You know, our industry, the nature of what we do in the theme parks, we take the lives of our staff and young children into our hands. We put them on the rides, and 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 I probably didn't have an appreciation for how much uh, focus and intensity and 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 responsibility there was from a safety perspective. And that's something that I learned very quickly. And, you know, it's now part of, I would say, almost the DNA. But um, but that was a big change for me. L- lots to get used to coming from fitness industry. Yeah, well, that's yeah. interesting. That is fascinating because I don't think a lot of us who are just patrons take it for granted. But yeah. that, you, you have a whole different role yeah. of being the kind of the guy uh, at the top of the food yeah. chain, so to speak. So you started there in Malaysia yep. and you said that was just five, six years ago. Yep. And now fast forward, how does this whole opportunity, you know, cause we were, we were blessed here. Um, you know, Legoland California opened in 1999 yep. and for most of the time we've had Peter Ronchetti here, yep. Uh, yep. guiding the ship. Yep. And, um, Peter's a great guy. Yep. And just a couple of years ago, he retired. I, it's actually less than a couple of years yeah. ago. So, yep. so how did it come out from you being in Malaysia to a relatively young Lego theme park to this one? Is this the most, Absolutely. the oldest? The, oh, it's not the oldest, not the oldest. but it's, it's the biggest, it's in, the biggest. In, in every metric by a long way. Okay. So yeah. how did that happen that you jumped from there to here? <laughs> um, it was a little bit of timing. It was a little bit of opportunity. Um, I'd like to think that I'd, I'd done some good things in, in Malaysia that positioned me to, uh, to to come here. But I was I was pretty upfront with Merlin when I when I joined, and you know we'd had like I said six or seven years in Asia at that time, and you know we we saw another three to five years maybe. But the the nature of the the Merlin Group and the fact that we were operating, I think at the time, seven resorts across the world. It was always in the bigger picture for us to probably do one more stop maybe before we go go back to Australia at some stage. And as I looked across the portfolio as the new guy, it was sort of California that 
was probably the one that really grabbed my attention. Sure. At that point, I had no idea how big it was. I had mm. no idea the history here and it, it's, yeah. it's a real juggernaut. But but over time, you know, I, I spoke with Peter a lot because we'd, we'd, we'd go to meetings and we would always catch up for a beer and he really talked so passionately about about the business here and how exciting it was. And yeah. and then when he told me one day that he was planning to retire at the end of the year, it was, it was perfect timing for me and... Um, you know, I was, I was more than happy to take the opportunity when it came up. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So now let's fast forward. And it was, uh, I believe what late 2019 yeah. when you guys, you moved your family. Yep. It was January, 2020. January of 2020. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So here you are, you move your family all across continents yep. to a whole new world to quote some other theme park, which we won't mention. And, <laughs> um, and then February, March hits of 2020 and this thing called COVID. So yeah. how has that been for your family? Like it's just your kids, they're uprooted, they're coming to a new environment and then like, boom, shut in. Yeah, it was tough, completely unexpected, you know, for all the things that could have happened when we considered the move to California, yeah. you know, this obviously wasn't even a consideration at the time. Uh, so so I, I, I arrived, I think mid-January, family arrived at the end of January after spending some time in Australia and... Uh, it was it was five six weeks later that we were on lockdown, but there was obviously a build up at yeah. that time, and uh, you know it was becoming pretty evident by by mid to late February that there was going to be a challenge at some at some point. Yeah. Not for a second did we think that we would be closed or locked down for for, for thirteen months. Right. Um, but you know, I out of it all, it's actually my son, our eldest son, who was the only one who was at school at the time who who I actually felt for and. He's a very social kid. He, he, mm. he loves his sports. He gets on well with everybody. And the least of our worries moving to the US was him and having to change schools and all that sort of thing. No problem. We didn't see an issue whatsoever. But he's the one that's been most impacted sure. because he had two weeks of school before they went into remote learning. So he didn't really know anyone. He didn't know the yeah. kids. And then all of a sudden he was shut off. So it was difficult. But hey, we've, we've come through it. Yeah. Well, kids are resilient and I can... <laughs> Like that cannot be an easy thing, but, yeah. uh, you know, hopefully now that he's getting back into that yeah. social aspect, he can make some good friends and do all those things that you expected would have happened a year ago. Yeah. He's, you know, it's just a little bit of a, a bit of a, bit of a gap in history, yeah. <laughs> I guess, but he's fine now. Back to school, back to sports. It's business as usual. And then of course, on the professional side, here yeah. you come whole new park, yeah. you know, like you said, it's the mother load for uh, Legoland. And then a couple months after you get here, I mean, something, as you pointed out, nobody could have predicted, nobody could have anticipated or even planned for COVID hits. So what was that like for you with Legoland? And, you know, you guys are one of the biggest employers in Carlsbad and in North County. And just walk us through that a little. Yeah, well, it was a a tough period. I guess the benefit we had as a business is that we were operating all over the world. We had we have businesses in China, we have a resort in Japan and, and obviously Malaysia and, and, and they were the early days where that's where obviously coronavirus was, mm, was really picking right. up early days. It hadn't, hadn't really come to the US when we were sort of starting to think, well, what if? Um, so fortunately for us, by the time we actually got the word that we needed to shut down, we, we were pretty well progressed with our, with our planning and we knew it was coming. I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the sponsor of today's podcast, Tri-City Medical Center, our very own around-the-corner, state-of-the-art hospital, serving the communities of Oceanside, Carlsbad, and Vista. 60 years of the very best in cardiac, stroke, orthopedic, 
primary and emergency care. Featuring the best doctors, the best nurses, and the best support staff, they have provided incredible care for our community, day in and day out for decades. That's a lot to celebrate. To find out more, go to tricitymed.org and see for yourself who they are and what they can do for you and your family. That's tricitymed.org. Like again, not do we expect for so long, but yeah, but we sort of we, we were almost ready to go when it came to shutdown, but you know, we didn't know what was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, uh, you know, there's that whole seasonal staff of of your yeah. team that comes in yeah. from like Memorial Day to Labor Day. That I mean, that was just gone. Yeah. But then you have a lot of other staff that's typically there year round. I'm sure some yeah. of those had to, I don't know if they were laid off or furloughed or however yeah. that works, but I'm sure some of those had to be temporarily put on the sidelines. Have you had any difficulty restaffing up as you've gone to try to reopen? Well, yeah, it's been a challenge for everyone. Yeah. However, I think we've been a little bit lucky and I, I'm happy to explain that. I think, first of all, though, this term furlough, I, I'd never heard of a furlough yeah. before before March last year. And I think a lot of people yeah. are, are the same way. And it became it became front and centre in just about every discussion we had for probably six months. Sure. But, um, but you're right, we... At summer peak, we would normally have around 3,000 staff. Right. Um, you know, obviously a, a big wave of seasonal staff that would come through. Off peak times, maybe around 2,000 or so. So we were at the at the time, we were gearing up for spring. So it was sort of our second biggest wave of activity for the year. So we were well and truly over 2,000 staff. And, um, you know, a lot of our seasonal, uh, what we call, it, call our variable workforce, obviously there was no work for them, so we had to yeah. separate from them. Um, fortunately, though, most of our permanent salaried staff, we were able to, to put on furlough and maintain their benefits. Nice. And, uh, and and we did that right throughout. And that's that's a credit, uh, hopefully, to our planning, but also to the Merlin Group overall that, yeah. that they recognised. Uh, you know, a business like ours, you can't replace a lot of the experience and yeah. skills that, that exist in that business quickly. So we knew we had to protect um, that core workforce. And I think we did that. We saw... Um, close to 70% of furloughed staff return. Nice. Um, so we had almost 1,200 staff furloughed for 12 months. Wow. And to get 70% back was really nice. And then since then, we've been we've been recruiting. Um, we had to move very quickly. But fortunately, we haven't seen a lot of the, the same issues that, that a lot of the industry have seen. Yeah, well, and... Like I said, your your most recent recruiting uh, netted my youngest yeah. son. He's excited. Yep. He, he's a ride operator there, and he's having <laughs> a lot of fun. And well, you know, and what's interesting, so you know, we know that last sum- summer of 2020 was wiped out. Yep. But um, from my perspective as a parent, my son was 16 last yep. summer, and that would have been his first year with quote unquote a real job, yep. and uh, that opportunity for his age was gone. Yep. You know, nobody from that age got that chance last summer. So, so here he is now, you know, a year later getting that first yep. chance. So, um, he's loving it, which yeah. is really, really fun. Yeah, absolutely. So we had a really exciting, um, grand opening mm-hmm. on May 27th of Lego movie world. And I know it was like a year coming because we were probably, I think it was about a week away from it opening in 2020 before the shutdown order yep. came. 
But super exciting. So tell us about the new Lego Movie World. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, we were almost ready to go in 2020. And I guess out of all this, that could be one of our lucky breaks that we didn't, (laughs) you know, go ahead and get everything launched and then go into shutdown. So Lego Movie World is is uh, is alive and uh, and it, and it's obviously been launched and we've had a, a really really successful launch campaign just ahead of Memorial Weekend and um, the land itself it's it's the biggest investment that we've put inside the park uh, since we opened in 1999. So to be able to take something as iconic and 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 powerful and loved as as the Lego Movie franchise and 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 put it into theme park mode if you will. Um, has been a really, really exciting exercise, and um, we're, we're pretty proud of what we've got. Yeah, I I agree with you that it is a beloved movie series. Yep. Um, the the movies are just a kick yep. and so popular, and I think um, this will go really well. And it's interesting because you mentioned it's the biggest um, investment in mm. the park with, with inside the park since it opened. But um, that process of reinvesting and reinventing yourself, and whether it's a small piece or like. That never ends for you as a theme park. No, it doesn't. Um, our, our business is is very capital heavy uh, in terms of investments, new investments for new attractions like Lego Movie World, um, but also development of the resort. So, so new business development opportunities, additional hotels, additional gates like our Sea Life Aquarium. You know what other opportunities are out there for us? So, um, you know, I, th- I think that's that's forward thinking. But then also from a, from a capital perspective, our, our resort is enormous, and and rides are not cheap to maintain. Lego bricks are not cheap to maintain, and they're not they're not cheap to rebuild and replace. So, um, you know, we we spend an, an enormous amount when it comes to uh, what we call brand health maintenance capital investments uh, year on year. It's not just sort of what you see in the newspaper every day. It's uh, it's a lot of behind the scenes stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it never ends. So at this point, how are you feeling like hotel occupancy yeah. coming back and, yeah. um, and the, how that is looking to project into the summer? How, how's it looking at the moment? Well, it, it's, it's looking very good. All things considered, you know, we, it, it was only middle of February really that we were, we were having pretty honest conversations that we may not get open in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, so, wow. you know, we were close to 12 months closed down at that point. Mm-hmm. We're on the back end of that second stay-at-home order, which which sort of tipped over into the new year, and and then all of a sudden, we, you know, things started to to move in the right direction, and we yeah. got our hotels open in, in in middle of February, albeit on a restricted basis, and we we started to do some, I guess, some some makeshift park activities, which were which you know were, were very popular because people just wanted to get out of the house, and and then we got the word that from the first of April we we may have a chance to open, so it all happened incredibly quickly for us but as things stand now our hotel bookings are are phenomenal and we're 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 seeing extremely strong pace against what we had in 2019 um our park is still restricted in terms of capacity so it's you know we're we're selling the tickets that we've got available which is great but it's very hard to get a read on what the what the true recovery is and i don't think it'll be until end september early fall that we we get a real sense of where we are against 2019 sure well, I, it was very exciting to be at the Lego Movie World brand opening, and I've shared this with other folks. You know, I know you're you're new to Carlsbad, yep. but um, I only got to my role here a year before you did, and I've been doing a lot of study and analysis. And really, I think that um, Legoland is kind of the linchpin to the entire region's 
tourism industry. Yep. You know, and as I study, I've done some of my own analysis. And since Lego Land California opened in 1999, we've had 1.5 hotels open every year mm-hmm. since yeah. and continuing yeah. if you take like about a 10 mile radius around yeah. Legoland. I mean, it just drives so much. You already mentioned how many people you staff and employ. Yeah. But um, all the hotels that feed into it, all the restaurants that benefit from those hotel guests, you know, downtown Carlsbad's full with um, Carlsbad Village is full with these boutique retail shops that cater to those tourists as well. So being there and just feeling the energy and the excitement of the Lego movie world opening, you almost felt like it was like a fresh breath for the whole regional (laughs) economy, to be honest. Yeah. And it's just it's exciting to see. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's great to feel the optimism again that we all felt. And then, um, you know, coming full cycle back to a a little, a personal question. When I was doing some research, it it looked like you had a a little bit of a passion for cycling. Did I find that out there? Uh, Yeah, did. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah, I do. I still ride. I still ride. Um, Wow. So when I, I used to play rugby. Okay. Okay, So I I grew up playing sports. I, I played golf and tennis. I played cricket in Australia, but, but my sport was rugby and, mm. uh, and, and, and I played at a pretty high level and I played professionally when I finished school and, and so on. And, uh, and for whatever reason, I, f- I finished up, I was relatively early when I retired because I, I'd had some injuries. I sort of had work opportunities that, that were coming up and I said, okay, it's, it's time to finish that up. And, um, one of the first things I did was I brought a bike. I wanted to get into, I bought a road bike. I wanted to get into triathlons and so on. And I, and I got right into that and I loved it. And I did some, some half Ironman triathlons and, but I wasn't, I wasn't really enjoying swimming and running. Yeah. (laughs) I love riding. And I realized I was doing it all so I could ride my bike. So I said, let's get rid of the swimming and running. And I just, I got into my road cycling. I used to, I used to ride a lot, a lot of criterium racing and so on. It was, it was good. Good fun. Well, hopefully, I mean, you've come to the right place to continue yeah. that hobby. I mean, is, yeah. depending on how much time between family and work you get yes. to do that, uh, you know, <laughs> when that opportunity arises, this should be a great place to continue that hobby. Absolutely. The, um, I've got myself a, a gravel uh, road bike here, so a gravel bike. Jumping down into the trails and all that, it's it's wonderful. And I'm an early morning guy, so I, I do most of my exercise before the family wakes up. So I'm out and done before they even open their eyes. So you got that? You find that time, that slice that works for you, so that you can yep. do that and keeps you kind of sane. And, exactly. and then, uh, then you can get to the family responsibilities, work, and all that kind of stress. So yep. that's great. I'm up, I'm I'm similar. I'm a yep. morning person. Knock that out first, and then the rest of the day kind of ah, just yep. settles in. So that's great. Well, we're very excited to see Legoland get back on track. Um, yeah. Oh, and I did want to ask, typically, 4th of July is yeah. a big uh, day of celebration yep. in the Legoland. So uh, what kind of things uh, are you expecting this year? Are you guys going to have fireworks again? And Yeah, we are. Absolutely. As long as the city approves us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. no, we, we will have fireworks. We call it red, white and boom. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's what it's, it's always been called here. Yeah. Um, so I haven't seen it yet. Um, yeah, so this will, this will be my first proper um, July 4th, but uh, absolutely full steam ahead with that, particularly now the, the, the states ease those restrictions and we'll be, we'll be unrestricted from, from 15th of June. So I think one of my sons told me that that uh, is the single busiest day in the park, typically, I think. If I remember correctly, yeah. So, so Fourth of July, absolutely. It's yeah. it's our longest trading day. It's mm. it's obviously, you know, peak summer, but then it, it's pretty sustained from from the back end of June through to almost September. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, very exciting to to see this um, come back to life. 
really appreciate you taking the time to come and chat with us about all this. And we look forward to all things Lego. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Kurt. Thanks, Kurt.